Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, fitness geeks of all ages, welcome to another exciting episode of the Fitness Geek Collective. Today, I am joined with my co-hosts, Sean and Deanne, and we talk about transformative happiness. Then, I get to sit down with a very good friend of mine, Robert Clark. And I want to give a shout out to Douglas Parsons, who does a fantastic podcast called the LG Tales from the LGBTQ+. And I really appreciate him connecting me with Robert because both of us have such an amazing story that kind of coincides with everything that we've experienced. And this is a, one of the most amazing personal and fantastic interviews that I've ever had a chance of doing. And I'm super excited to share it with all of you. So fitness geeks assemble. This episode starts right now. Welcome, my fantastic co-hosts, Deanne and Sean, to another edition of the Fitness Geek Collective. We got the whole team here today. We sure do. Hi, Jay. Hi, Sean. Hello. So, um, we've, we've talked offline about this, but um, this, was a, this interview with Robert was a very big thing for not just, not just for him, but for me. It was a very um, in-depth t- uh, talk, and I'm glad you guys had a chance to listen to it, but kind of the stuff that what I was thinking about in, in retrospect was the biggest theme about it was, yes, we talked about a lot of deep subjects, but what the, the theme was is personal happiness. How much time does a person in their life spend the time on focusing on their personal happiness. And I think that that becomes something that is very relatable to fitness and health. Wouldn't you guys think? Yeah, hundred oh, yeah. percent. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to get your guys' thoughts overall on a little bit about the interview and then just about really just talking about more or less about your, your personal experience about pursuing your own happiness and how, and how, and what that journey has looked like for you. Deanne. Okay. You're uh, up first. I'll go first. So, yeah, the interview without, I don't want to give anything away, but it almost brought me to tears, but like happy tears. And it was, it was really good. Just, and I'm glad that it was just you and Robert doing it, Jay, because you guys had so much in common and it was a nice flow, but yeah, no, it was a really, really, really good interview. And to answer your question about personal happiness, um, a couple things bring me joy. Uh, I, uh, absolutely love running and so I've always like I said in our very very first podcast but running has been a part of my life like I ran track ever since I was 10 years old but I find now that I'm older and fighting with my own anxieties and just life when I put on my running shoes and either hit the treadmill or go outside it, it, it's my time. And I always like when I post around on Instagram or Facebook or whatever, I always put hashtag my therapy and my happy place. Because that is just where I don't have to be a mother necessarily. Don't have to be a wife. Don't have, I'm just there for Deanne. And I'm just focused on, on just on myself. And sometimes there's days where I don't want to do it. But then as soon as I go out there and start running, the endorphins start coming up and I have my music on and I just feel... I feel so, so good. And then when I come home, I'm like in a, like, 
at, at another level. Like if I was grumpy, I come back in a great mood. Even if I leave in a great mood, I come back in a better mood. Like it just, so running for me is for sure my happy place. And also like, I love working out. And then another non-fitness thing, and Jay will know this too, but I love crocheting. <laughs> like I know it's kind of granny or whatever, but my mom taught me 20 years ago and you might even be able to see it behind me, but I have so much yarn and just creating stuff and yeah, and just like working with my hands and it just kind of works on a different side of your brain and it just puts me in such a zen place that I, I absolutely love crocheting. So those two things bring me a lot of joy. Other than the obvious of like my family and my children. And I want blah, to make blah, a small <laughs> note about that. You are a fantastic crocheter. Is, if, that, is, if, if that's the term. Is there, is there an actual word? It is. is the term? Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, Sean, she actually made me a fantastic blanket, and I think I'm going to post a picture with it when I uh, put up this episode, so so everyone can see it. Just make sure yes. you're wearing a shirt. That's What's all. That? Just make sure you're wearing a shirt. No. This is <laughs> <laughs> um, so yes, so that's my. Joke. And do you think you spend enough time in the day focused on your personal happiness? More so, yes. Before, no, I kind of put myself on the back burner, you know, like raising kids and like doing everything for them. I kind of forgot about myself a little bit and I like I, without getting super into it. But about six years ago, I kind of was like, I need to put Deanne first because I was just feeling very burnt out and drained and just not get, making myself a priority and was like, I'm always the go to person and always there for other people and just kind of forgot about me. And so in the last little bit, I, I do try to just eat, like, I'll even like during these COVID times, we've all been our, with our families for like, I don't even know how many months now, but I'll just go in my room and my husband knows, like I'll go in there to read or to crochet, but just to have some Deanne time. And like the boys will get it. Like Ozzy, the other day I was reading and he's like, are you done having deep mom time? I'm like, I just want to finish this chapter and then I'll come out. But I try and, and they kind of get it too. Like, I just need a little bit of space. Like I just need some time to focus on me, whether it be reading a book or giving myself a facial, having a little girls night or whatever, like I need to. So yes, I do now before I didn't, but I find it's really important. I need, I need it now. Do you ever, do you ever find that you've, you've caught yourself in a moment of basically feeling like this is not who I am. This is not the person I am supposed to be at this particular moment. Do you ever have those kind of doubts Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do. It's, it's, it's interesting because, you know, and again, I'm, I'm, Robert and I are going to tell this story a little bit after this, but we talked a lot about the fact of living as someone that we're not for years. Mm, mm -hmm. You know, truth be told, like Sean knew me, knew the old Jay. Just, and mm -hmm. I like this one better, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> you know, awesome. consensus, and this is this is this is why this this interview is so personal for me and so connecting is that it was, and why I love doing these things now. It's because I don't have any imposter syndrome about the person that I am, mm. and for the first mm -hmm, time in mm -hmm. thirty plus years, I'm a genuine. I'm I'm truly the genuine me. So it obviously awesome. comes it comes across a lot differently. So, anyways, thanks mm -hmm. for sharing that, Deanne. Sean. Oh, of course, of course. Mm. I same same question, same question to you. You want to go to the first one? <laughs> well, no, I just, I mean, I'm thinking about the interview and, and how I want to phrase this without giving anything away. Um, yeah. 
what I what I took away from that and well, let me step back. One of the things I have trouble relating to the two of you is I'm just going to say it. I'm a 40-year-old 40 44-year-old Caucasian male. So I've got privilege coming out of my ears, right? And so when we take a, you know, two a few episodes back when we spoke to Deanne's mom. Mm-hmm. I can't relate. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, and I know it's okay that I can't relate. And it's better for me to try to understand it right. than to try and interject or, you know, like, I can't, I can't speak to that. Mm-hmm. But it was, I, but, what, but listening to you guys talk today, when I was listening to the interview, one of the things that struck me was um, you interviewed a gentleman on, on the podcast here that when I wasn't around, who outed himself with having MS. And the, and the strange thing, from my point of view, I never hit it from day one. I just never hit it. So what I took from your guys' conversation was to just be yourself. Mm-hmm. Whatever that self is, right? And uh, not to get overly philosophical or on a high horse or anything, but I just wish that people would have the respect to let you be you. And then as long as you extend me that same courtesy, I think we'd all be okay. Yeah. I. Right? Like we'd yeah. just all be fine. Yeah. And then people wouldn't have feel, feel the need to try and act a certain way or do a certain thing. Like... The truth be told is I'm a bit of an asshole because I've just always just been myself and, you know, like love it or leave it. This is who I am. Right. Yep. Yep. And when you guys were talking about fitness, the one thing I, you know, back to when I did the very first really long run. Now, granted, I've lost a lot of weight since I started all that. But when I started, I mean, I was when I got diagnosed with MS, I was probably Oh, I was pushing 280. And, you know, right now I'm hovering around 195, 200. So that kind of gives you the idea of the, the, the difference. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember when I first started training and telling people about the very, very first long run, not one, but several people said, you'll never do it. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, you know, James, get ready to do some beeping, but f- you, I will do it. Yeah. This isn't about you. This is about yeah. me. And I think that when how it relates to training is you have to be okay in your own skin and you've mm-hmm. got to stop comparing yourself to other people. Throw that f- scale out in the garbage because it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It's how you feel and that's how you approach it. And if you're really worried about everyone else, you're not going to get anywhere. Exactly. And if you yep. don't believe you're going to do it, you're not going to get anywhere. So yep. sorry, I just, that's how I reacted to the interview. Now, as far as me being happy, I'm totally on board with where Deanne's at. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was interesting. The last really long run, I got about... I don't know, it was early in the, earlier in the morning. We were about 20K in, and I wanted to stop because where we, we stopped, and it was really amazing. We were on the other side of downtown Edmonton at this park, and I wanted to stop and get a group pictures with the people that were running with me at that point in time. Because when I do these long runs, I don't give a shit about the time. <laughs> <laughs> it don't matter. If it takes yeah. 24 hours, who's going to say anything to me? Exactly. Like I'm, going, I'm going 90 kilometers, right? Like... How long did it take you? Do you really You're- care? And even <laughs> if I told you, would you be able to understand that? No. So just whatever you're, so you're-, so you're going to beat ahead. me by two months. So it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> people just, people said I wasn't going to be able to do it anyway. So whatever. Yeah, exactly. right? So who cares how long it took you? Yeah. Yeah. So I stopped. I wanted to get a group shot and this, this girl that I just met and that's, I've, I think I've said, mentioned that before on the, on here when, 
when you do those really long ones, it's a very happy place for me because I meet people literally for the first time. Like I get introduced to them and they're running beside me. I'm like, cool. And then we, you know, and then we stopped and, and this girl, Brenda said, you know, she was talking about taking in the moment and mm. just really taking in the moment and, and just kind of being where you are. If, awesome. I don't know if that makes yeah. sense, but you know what I mean? And she turns out to be a personal trainer too. And I hope we can get her on, but, um, it's moments like that, that I really cherish because mm -hmm. you just meet a, a stranger and within a few hours you're tight. Yep. Right. You, you've shared a common bond. Like there's a, something that's, you know, tangible that you can, you can go back and you're going to remember that moment and say, and one of the things that, um, I've taught, I can't remember who I talked to her about that day, but we did talk on my other, on the other podcast that I do. And we were talking about the flow state and that's my happy place. And it's usually for me to really get into it. I have to run for an hour or more. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I've stopped doing is I don't listen to music. I don't wear a watch. It's mm -hmm. just me and a pair of shoes and a pair of shorts. And it allows me just to get in my own head. Mm -hmm. And then it all, and then all that crazy stuff, it's there. And then it just starts to, it oh, just goes nice. away. Yeah. And, you know, that's probably some of my happiest moments. Cause I, I mean, Deanne, just like you, I'm a, I'm a dad, I'm a mm -hmm. husband. Mm -hmm. There's pressures at home, whether they be something with the kids or financial or this or yeah, that or yeah. career. Like and life. then all of a sudden you get into this beautiful sort of meditative state where you just go, yes. oh, okay, that's it. There yes. we are. Oh. And I can feel when it happens, like, like, because sometimes, you know, you're running, you're like, oh, I don't want to run, I have to do this, I have to do that. But then I can just feel all of a sudden, I just feel this like, euphoria feeling. It's like, ah, mm -hmm. okay, I'm good. I'm good now. Yeah, I love it. So that would be my comment. I don't know if that's what you were looking for, but <laughs> it's bang on for what I'm looking for. And it's so kind of to circle this back and put it all together is, I really thought with this podcast, what I wanted to, what I wanted to accomplish with it, with you guys, and it's starting to come with that to first full circles is meeting people like all of, all three of us have some incredible stories and hardships of, and trials, tribulations, but you know, and, but doing also incredible things. Some of the guests that we have on and they're incredible stories. And like, I, that's what I think I want to want us to bring into this podcast is get these, find these amazing people and let's get more of these amazing people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're going to have, we're going to have some great guests coming up down the road here. Um, one of the projects we're working on right now. So there's a, uh, an organization called uh, boot camps for change. So, um, we're going to be having one of their members we're, I'm just trying to get the date set, set in stone here, but, mm. um, I'm going to get you guys all on board for this one. It's going to be great. Um, what they do is they, um, they work with youth shelters across like Canada and I think North America. And what they do is they, they first of all do boot camps for the kids. But so those, those at risk youth that are about the 16 to 22 range, they uh, put them through, if, they're, if they have a passion for fitness, they, they put them through certification programs to get them into a fitness career. Oh, so that's it, cool. It, oh. It's a very fascinating story. Super cool company. Done a bit of research for them. And um, I'm looking at actually participating and doing some, volunteering some of my time to help with that. But um, that's just another example, right? And then you mentioned your friend. I think Brenda's, Brenda's her name, the, the alternative. Like, yeah. And I've heard her story before. And it's, it's incredible. Love to have people like that. 
And I think as a podcast, that should be our goal is to find more and more people like that. So I'm going to put that also, also out to our listeners too. If there is somebody out there, whether you're listening or someone you know that would have a great story like this, that it'd be like motivational, inspirational for people to going towards a fitness journey, weight loss journey, or even with mental health, I think it all comes together, all a big piece of it. Mm-hmm. You know, reach out to us, reach out to us on the podcast. We'd love to have you on the show. So yeah. well, one thing I would say, and again, try and tie it just on that point, Jay, is that if you're going to have any success with improving your health, because that's really what we're talking about. I mean, the mm-hmm. aesthetic is one thing, but you get to a certain age, you start looking crappy anyway. It's not, it's not what you can do. <laughs> you know? um, I don't know if you guys watch Trailer Park Boys. At one point, Bubbles just as one of the recent seasons, and he looks at Ricky and Julie, and he goes, come on, boys, we're starting to look shitty. Like, it's just... <laughs> just but anyway, I think that you have to really... Um, it's not just about the exercise. It's... it's you're not going to do the exercise if you're not right in the head. So mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there's a balance. And then, you you know, you, you extrapolate that out a few steps. And then, like, why am I not right in the head? Am I not being true to myself? Like, what is it? Like, what's the thing that's holding me back? Mm-hmm. So I think they're all tied together. And I think this interview for me was like, okay, this is it. This is what it needs to be. Because you can't just say, Okay, so you grab a dumbbell and you go, you know, or, 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 yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and that's going to fix everything because we know that's. I think all three of us know that's not the whole deal, right? Yeah. Well, it's interesting that most people, it seems that you know, and with Robert as well, and we're gonna we're gonna get into that is all these. It was the same thing for me is that I I started we started to work on the physical side, but we we all start to realize when we're going through wholesale change that there's more to it. It's, it's, you have to do everything. It's a mind body. Mm-hmm. That's why we look at it's, it's nutrition. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, all, it's the combination of everything. You can't just adjust one thing and expect to have wholesale mm-hmm. change if that's what you're looking for. No. Yeah. Right. So for me, I didn't realize that's what I was looking for, but when I got it, I was like, man, one of the biggest things I, I wanted to ask you about that feeling of, of that happiness feeling, but having that moment that you feel that you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. You don't feel that. That was my life for 30 plus years. Mm, mm. So can you imagine mm-hmm. for me the profoundness of the, the, the happiness moments that come from me that are genuine happiness? And that was where, yes, that was where uh, Robert and I really connected on is that because, you know, from, from everything that I know of you two, you've lived, you've lived your lives genuinely through your entire life without some big secret or anything like that. So, Right, right. Yes, yeah. Right? So... <laughs> Yes. That's kind of why I wanted to give a little bit of context to where we're coming from with that. Mm-hmm. So, kids, so, yeah. Anyways, that's. Well, Jane, do you, do, you ever, do you ever think back to like when I first met you? It's not really surprising to me now that you would start exercise, an exercise program and then stop. And then you'd start and then you'd stop. And then you'd change it and then you'd stop. Well, you weren't, you weren't you, you weren't right. Right. Mm -hmm. I needed to take, I definitely needed to take a bigger dive into everything else that was going on in my life. And, you know, that we're always a work in progress. You know, I don't think that I'm, I'm finished. I don't think any of us are finished products. And I think that's why fitness for me was such a, a thing. You're right. It's not all about the aesthetics. It's for me, it was about that. You're constantly trying to better yourself. And when you Mm -hmm. surround yourself with people like that, you end up, moving up you elevate right and so i love Mm -hmm. talking to people in the fitness industry because everybody i come across to we're all the same in that way we're always looking to Mm -hmm. better ourselves 
Mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. So, and if anything with this podcast, if we can inspire one or two other people to do that and take that step, um, it's going to be incredible. So anyways, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, we got some big plans for this podcast coming up. We got a couple weeks break. As you can see, I'm not in my regular studio. I am kind of dis disposed or what, what was that? Yeah. Um, temp temporarily between homes. So I have a new, <laughs> I have a new location and I'm going to be setting up a pretty cool little podcast studio in there as well. So I'm pretty excited because I'm hoping one day we can actually have guests in person or maybe the three of us can actually sit no. down in the same room together. Fingers crossed. That'd be so right. awesome. <laughs> um, and it sounds like we got some great guests coming up and a couple uh, interesting programs as well. So you know what? We've definitely talked a lot uh, long enough. Thank you guys for, for your input on that. It means a lot to me. This is a, this was a very, uh, it's a very heavy uh, episode for me, but um, I, I did it with Robert and it was amazing. So without further ado, Robert Clark. So Robert, it's took a little bit of time to get you, but now we finally have you on my podcast. Thank you so much for coming on to the Fitness Geek Collective podcast. Really appreciate it, man. Uh, to give our audience a little bit of a uh, uh, background, we started talking back and forth about all the cool things that we have in common, which is just amazing. And we're going to get through all that stuff for you guys in the podcast. We're not going to give it all away right out the first, right out the door, but we're, I'm pretty excited to have Robert here and for him and uh thanks so much for being here man oh my pleasure i'm super excited to do this so here we go great so let's dive into it so most people in the edmonton area who follow hockey would find your face obviously familiar and your voice as you are the oilers anthem singer but you didn't just start there you didn't walk on and just start singing oh canada right so Talk, talk a little bit about what your musical journey was to how did it get, how did you get to the Edmonton Oilers? Sure. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, so, I mean, I've grown up with classical music kind of in my life. Uh, I mean, not, it wasn't a predominant thing. Like my parents didn't shove it down my throat or play it all the time even, but it was something that I had an affinity towards. And so, um, for me, it kind of started, singing started in high school and then uh, where I just joined choir and stuff like that and really realized that uh, the voice was something I loved and uh, decided to pursue that when I went to university. So I did an undergraduate degree in music at uh, the University of Alberta and specifically in performance because I also love performing and then finished that and did a master's degree right after at the University of Western Ontario um, in London, Ontario. And uh, from that point on, I started performing professionally, uh, made kind of my debut in Calgary with Calgary Opera and then performed across uh, opera uh, houses across the country. Um, and it was while, uh, like we moved back to Edmonton in 2011 and it was uh, kind of, I'd done a couple of gigs with, with the Edmonton Opera by that point. And Paul Lorio, who had sung the anthem for 30 years yeah, for the Oilers, stopped in 2011. Yeah, right? 
um, stopped singing in 2011 because of complications and then passed away in 2013. And so between 2011, 2013, they had a couple of different singers come in, but come 2013, the Oilers were looking for somebody not specifically to replace Paul Lorio, but they wanted someone to continue kind of the legacy he had made, um, with that same kind of operatic sound. And so they contacted Edmonton Opera, um, and asking them if they knew anybody local who could audition. And so I was uh, the lucky person, right place, right time sort of thing. And they said, sure, here's a guy. So the Oilers contacted me, I sent in recordings, and then the rest is basically history. So um, that's kind of where that, I mean, that's the very brief summary of, of uh, my musical journey towards the Oilers. But uh, yeah, I've been with them now for eight years, and I love it. Wow. Yeah, think about it, because I remember back when, because he was Paul Orio, he was the first one that you know held did the hold up the mic and everybody was singing along. It was like it was a historic moment in hockey in general, right? Yep. And yep. you've had some pretty you've had some pretty cool ones. I remember one time seeing you you were singing right in the middle of the crowd, and that must have been like mm-hmm. a super rush. That was just probably was so cool, right? To yeah. Experience that. So. Oh yeah. So you still do other opera gigs now? Like I think I saw a post on uh, Facebook that you were you uh, sang with a friend of yours there. So yeah. So uh, I mean, obviously, right now during COVID, there's no yeah. opera uh, like live performances happening necessarily. Well, that's not entirely true, but um, no like full production shows. But uh, I I do little gigs here and there. So I did something at the Botanical Gardens with a friend of mine. Um, where yeah we sort of sang in an open area space we both had to wear masks not while singing but kind of in between but uh yeah so i do kind of small gigs here and there and i also teach voice on the side but um in terms of like full-scale gigs the last one i did was like 2018 with edmonton opera and it was hansel and gretel and i played the witch (laughs) oh wow (laughs) yeah oh yeah you can find some really really cool pictures on my instagram of that because i looked like a completely different person yeah well, then that's and that's a great place to leave off onto this actually because um, we're, the main reason it's super cool that you did the Oilers thing and everything, but the biggest reason I wanted you on my podcast is you have an incredible story for of transformation, and that's what I we love hearing on this podcast. So, do you want to tell our audience where I, a lot of time I ask people is like where was what was your breaking point? What was your moment mm-hmm. where you were just like I need to make a change? Absolutely. So for me, I mean, I had always been an overweight kid my whole life. Um, just kind of grew up bigger. I was always bigger than anybody else in my family too. I, there's one point I thought I was adopted because <laughs> they weren't gaining weight, but I was. I'm like, what the crap? But um, it, I got to a point where I was almost 350 pounds. I like I, I stepped on the scale. This was like 2017, January 2017. I stepped on the scale and it said 249.5 or 349.5. And I was just like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I hated how I looked. I hated how I felt. My self-esteem was at an all-time low. Depression was at an all-time high. And so I decided kind of then and there that I didn't want to see the number go above 350 because I would have gone in a completely different direction. And so I, I decided, okay, I'm going back to the gym. I'd stopped and started a bazillion times, like a lot of people who struggle with weight. But this time was different because uh, for a number of reasons I didn't want you know, to get heavier than 350. But I also decided to kind of document my experience through Instagram. So I would share my progress, my story, um, and, and post kind of pictures, uh, something that I would never do, like pictures without a shirt on, where it was like, this was fat me. And now this is less fat me, you know, like, um, and, and, uh, 
it was kind of through that and through that sort of accountability uh, to other people where people, if I hadn't posted for like three days or something, people would be like, where, you know, what's going on? I'm like, ah, sorry. And it kind of kept me on track. Um, but yeah, that was, I mean, that also, it also coincided, this could be a topic for <laughs> another podcast, but with me leaving, because uh, I used to be Mormon. And so I left the Mormon church kind of around the exact same time. And so it was kind of this release from structure that made me also want to better myself and and uh, take control of my life. So that's where it all started. It kind of, it's kind of like you saw everything in your life at that current time was all going in the wrong direction. Yep. So you were just trying to make little like changes in every, and like actually, no, you're making wholesale changes, essentially. Mm -hmm. going, mm -hmm. Walking away from a religion, walking away from an entire lifestyle, essentially. Yep, exactly, point, exactly. Right? So yeah. you started, so, and, and sorry again, so you started, you, you started going into the gym and really this, the, the last time that you had the success. So what, sorry, what year was that again? That was in 2017. So about four years right. ago. Right. Right. So, and for you, and did you, did you just like started a big box gym kind of thing? Did you work with a personal trainer? I did. So, uh, and I, I'd, I'd worked with personal trainers before and I knew that when I work with a trainer that I'm more successful because I do like the accountability thing, obviously because of the Instagram stuff too. But, but, uh, so I signed on with, uh, at the time was world health, which doesn't really exist anymore. Um, in Sherwood park. And, uh, I, because I got two free sessions when I signed on with them, I signed on with this, this trainer who was really, really amazing. Just, uh, gave me my free session or both of my free sessions and then didn't pressure me to buy anything because he knew I didn't really have any money. And, uh, but he would, he would say, if you have any questions and I'm on the floor and I'm not working with a client, come to me and ask. And to me that, that meant a lot. Like when, when people go above and beyond what they're supposed to, it speaks volumes to me. Um, and so that really helped. And so, yeah, it was at uh, World Health where I started my journey. And then I started incorporating nutrition and stuff into it. Um, but it also led to me wanting to become a personal trainer. So uh, I ended up about a year and a half into my journey because I'd lost, uh, by that point, about 120 pounds, um, becoming a personal trainer. I, I went and got my certification through CanFit Pro. Uh, because that's what I thought I was going to do. That's what I thought I wanted to do. Right. Um, and that's, uh, I mean, it's another kind of story, I guess. It wasn't what I ended up doing. It's not what I currently am doing right now, but I still have a passion for fitness because of it. And I'm glad I did it. I don't regret any of it at all. So. Well, the nice thing about the CanFit Pro course, because I that's that's the same one that I took as well, because I was, it was a similar approach that I, I I saw my transformation and I wanted to help other people. And of course, I, I continued pursuing my education with, personal training and working on other certifications from that. But what I found amazing about that course, though, it really helped change how I, how I looked at working out. I think it mm -hmm. really helped give, even for someone to just do the course, and not even to write the exam or get certified, like to do that course is amazing because yeah. they walk you through. I realized for four years I was working out the wrong way yeah. in a lot of cases. Oh, totally. And just like the little changes about stuff, which I found, I found, I found that to be, to be really interesting. So, so you, you got, you got certified because you thought that's what you wanted to do. And it just, you just didn't feel like you just, your, your heart just wasn't in it at the end of the day is what you, is what you, is what you felt. It was, I mean, for me, for a lot of people, Canfit Pro is the way to go. For me, I probably should have done something that had a bit more time to it because I absorb information a little bit slower and it takes me a little bit more time. And Canfit Pro is quite a fast way. It's an intense. It's an intense two days. 
Yes, it's a very intense two days. They've actually and moved so, it now to three, which is... Oh, really? Oh, good. Because... <laughs> <'cause laughs> like for that initial course, you know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, whatever. I can't look back with regret because I did what I did because that's what I thought I wanted to do. Um, but uh, it just ended up not being something I felt fully committed to or fully... Uh, I don't know. It wasn't. A, it just wasn't what I really wanted to do. I, I trained for about a year and I had some some success with some clients, but I just felt like I didn't know enough, and I wasn't taking any extra courses because I didn't have time. Because I also, I mean, I haven't mentioned, but I, I was married and I have four children, so yes. uh, obviously busy in that regard. And so uh, I just didn't have the time to commit to it. And so I, I ended up just getting a different job and and going from job to job until I finally am in the job I'm in now, which is with Alberta Health Services. Yeah, and uh, and you really enjoy that job now, and you find that to be very rewarding for you. Yes, you yeah, I really, really do. I teach de uh, development courses to uh, employees. It's it's part of the HR side of of Alberta Health Services, but I love it. I really, really do. And I think I think that's the interesting thing. So some of the parallels that, that we have is, again, like I said, I went and I, I pursued CanFit Pro, and you're and you know you were 100 right in our conversations. That's a, that's a starting a starting block. I highly recommend personal trainers that want to do this. You have to take more. There's, that's just mm -hmm. a start. It gets you. It gets you in the right direction. It gets you certified, so you're allowed to work in gyms and get insurance and all that other stuff. But there's definitely more. You know, I've I just finished a recently at that the certification I was talking about the healthy eating weight loss, which was another certification. I'm currently working on a human movement specialist course, which is north. It's a 60 hour course. Oh geez. So, yeah. So, and that's all based on, on postural assessments and corrections and fascia and everything like that. So a ton yep. of anatomy, right? Cause they remember that course in cafe pro, you're probably just sitting there, your eyes are almost going. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> yes. Right? Yes. Yeah. It was uh, so, a little daunting. So I found when I got into this, like I love personal training. I absolutely love helping people. And for me, and it's interesting in finding the job. And this was also when I left, um, my wife and I divorced. Mm -hmm. And so to come into that is to give our audience a little bit more of a background on how Robert and I met is I, uh, a very good friend of a mutual friend of ours, Douglas, who runs a great podcast, uh, tales from the LGBTQ plus. And, um, I reached out to him when I saw a post and I was just like, geez, how can I, how can I help? What can I do? Like, can I, can I participate in this? And both of us were starting our podcasts off probably around the same time. And he's like, well, you have to, I told him my story. And I was like, you have to talk to Robert. I was like, Robert, who's Robert? Robert Clark, the guy that sings the anthem singer. I was like, no way, no shit. And then you and I started to, to, to kick it off and it's a crazy story. So let's, let's dive, let's dive, a, let's dive a bit into it. Let's dive a bit mm -hmm. into that. I think we're both of us. And for me, it's, you know, I was telling you before, this is a first time for me. I've never really talked about my sexuality on this podcast. It just didn't really seem to be a place to do it. I'm just like randomly say, you know, oh, well, I'm gay. Mm -hmm. It's doesn't, it never really came up if this is a, it's a fitness podcast. So I'm really excited to, to discuss this part with you because you have a very mm -hmm. similar story. So how about I let you tell yours? Sure. Audience. No, I love this. And, and I want to preface it too, by saying, uh, like, you're right, this is a fitness podcast. And also, it shouldn't be it, 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 it saying that I'm gay should be as easy as saying I breathe, right? So it's, it, is it? No, not yet. 
<laughs> We're no. getting closer to that. Regardless, um, I you know I love the openness and honesty here, and I I would love to share my story. So I I've known I was gay ever since I was a kid, uh, but growing up in the Mormon Church, it's not even I didn't know what it was even. Uh, I was I eventually found out I was same sex attracted, which they they don't really call it gay in the church. They call it that because. As long as you don't act on how you feel, you're fine. But if you act on it, then that's when you go to hell. Um, really? Oh yeah. I mean, not not when you go to hell, but you have to go through. I mean, it's it's very much looked down on. Uh, they'll say they accept it and that they accept everyone, but it's not. Uh, when it comes down to the doctrine of the church, like homosexuality is a sin, and if you participate in it actively, then it, you're not. Uh, you won't make it to the highest level of heaven. I don't want to go into the doctrine of the Mormon Church because this is a fitness podcast. But um, for for me, uh, I had to eventually come to terms with the fact that I was gay, and uh, I really do think like leaving the church and, and starting my fitness journey was really this the the little tiny snowflake that turned into a snowball that really ended up turning into you know where I am today because uh, last year right when COVID hit is. I mean, slightly before when COVID hit or when they announced uh, everything was closing, I decided I couldn't, I couldn't take it anymore. I had to come out. I had to be true to myself. I was talking a lot about mental health, about honesty, about authenticity, but I wasn't being authentic to who I was. Um, was not an easy decision. Like I said, was married. I have four children. Oldest is 16, youngest is nine. Uh, and so making that decision, uh, I mean, even to this day, I'm still... I don't want to say suffering the consequences, but there's there's still repercussions to the the choices and the decisions we make, right? But uh, no, it 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 had to happen. Otherwise, kind of like if I'd have seen that number go above three hundred and fifty, I would have gone a different route. If I'd have kept holding in who I was, I I may not be alive today. Like my mental health was at an all time low, and so to make the change in the decision was just. It was almost a no-brainer. Um, has it obviously hurt people because of it? Yes, but decisions we make like that are going to do that, and we have to accept it and take responsibility for it. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of where that ended up uh, happening. So it was March so of, of last year where we separated. I find it incredible. The only reason I can actually empathize with you is on this and understand it is I've gone, I understand going through a bit of that was very similar for me is that I was I was at a point in my life where I because I knew I was gay when I was 13 mm -hmm. I didn't think that that's what it was I just thought it was like this was something I you know I like guys and I like girls and everything like that but I didn't I didn't realize that this whole trying to be two different people became so exhausting so stress and I was mm. stress eating. I was stress living. I was a horrible person to be around with anybody. And mm -hmm. it, you don't, people don't understand it. when you're trying to literally fool yourself into being not your true self, it's, it's a, it's a punishing feeling. And for me, mm -hmm. it, I had a lot of low points. There were times like when I just like wanted to like step into traffic because I just didn't want to live like this anymore. And I yep. think that was a similar thing for me too, is that I just said enough's enough. I'm, yes, I'm, I, I hurt some people, not, not, I hurt a few people. Um, you know, I don't have kids or anything like that. So I don't have that 
that area to deal with. And that's a whole nother thing for sure. That's a whole nother ball of wax with it. So, but I ended up, I ended up hurting a few people, but at the end of the day, what was going to be the choice? Would I just continue to hurt people? Would that be, was that the answer or to, you know, actually start to make a change and realize like I need to live the rest of my life for me and mm -hmm. be the person that I was, that I am versus this fake person who I was for years, for 30, yep. 36 years. You know, I came out three years ago, about two, two, two and a half, three years ago. And, right. you know, but I haven't looked back. Like for me, it's just been like, it's like having a giant piano lifted off your back. And I think yes. you've, you've had this very similar experience with that, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, so. and I think what it's come down to is uh, I've now dis decided or discovered that we have to be happy in this life. Yeah. How do we be happy or how do we stay happy or how, if we're not happy, what do we do to become happy? Right. It's about happiness. And it's not just happiness in like the, the, you know, frolicking through the fields kind of way. It's like real happiness. Right. Tipping I mean, I like frolic. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Yeah. <laughs> but like, um, you know, it's like real, real, genuine happiness, and and I, I think people don't look for it enough. They 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 get complacent, they get stuck, and this is I think where fitness really comes into the whole thing too, because yeah. fitness brings us that happiness. So staying fit, I don't want to get back to being three hundred plus pounds. I want I, I enjoy how I look, I enjoy how I feel, I enjoy what going to the gym does for me. Right. And I enjoyed it so much. That's why I wanted to go into personal training because I'm like, oh, I want other people to experience this. I want other people to feel this. I yeah. want other people to oh, yeah. feel this because it's just, uh, you know, have that ultimate feeling. Right. Mm -hmm. and Absolutely. That right? I totally, I, oh, Robert, I totally get it. Like, that's the thing. You and I are like actual brothers on this because it's just, it's amazing. <laughs> is that it's, that was the exact thought that I had. And the thing mm -hmm. was, is that, I, I didn't, yeah, I didn't come out when I started my weight loss journey. Like I was still married, everything like that. And I was working through, you know, working through my physical health because my physical mm -hmm. health was, I was to the point that I was running out of breath, sitting down and tying my shoelaces. Yeah. That's where my life was. Right. And Completely I was, right. I was doing a job, a high, high stress job where I was sitting all the time and eating and just getting bigger and bigger. And it was actually, it was actually uh, one of my and my wife's uh, family that we were sitting and having wine one time, and sh he he said to me that I I looked like Rob Ford, and that was it. That oh. immediately left that lunch, and I walked into the World Health in White Mud, and that's where I met <laughs> I met my personal trainer, my fantastic personal trainer, who actually I had him on a previous episode, a limb. Oh, okay. Um, he was my personal trainer at World Health. Right. And I did 36 sessions with him and it was absolutely, absolutely life changing. So awesome. Then I realized, so then you realize, okay, I was feeling happy, but I'm not feeling totally happy. Mm -hmm. There was something missing. And then I realized my marriage was falling apart, all this other stuff. And I realized like, when this is over, like, what do I do? Am I just going to go pick this back, back up? Am I going to do this all over again? I'm going to go with a, a woman I'm like, and, and do that and, and do, cause it's the, supposed to be the right thing. You know, all the weird stuff we get in our heads, mm -hmm. right? Oh yeah. You, you know, better uh, the same, right? That we get these things in our heads. you think that this is the right thing to do, but it's not, it, it's not the right thing. It's, it's literally the opposite. So mm -hmm. I made a decision then it's like, okay, well, you know what? I've, I've wrecked this marriage. I'm not going to go and do another one like this. I'm not going to live the rest of my life a lie because 
you know, to make other people happy or what I thought would make other people happy, which again, when you look back at it in hindsight, it's stupid. It's stupid. It is, but, you, way, but you know, yeah. I mean, I have my thoughts on that, but yeah, like we, sure. this is how I look at it. Like we did the best we knew how to do in the time that we did it. Right. Yes. That's what we thought was the best. This is why regret doesn't really, um, make sense to me, at least in my, yeah. in my world, in my life, because no, living with no, regret is, is, is useless. Um, and so looking at the time, like I was doing the best I thought I knew how, I mean, a lot of my stuff was informed by the Mormon church and it's like, oh, I have to stay married because that's, what's going to save me. And you know, all this kind of stuff, but I did the best I knew how. Now the difference is you, you can let regret enter your life if you don't learn from that stuff. Right? right. So if you're still doing the same thing you were doing 10 years ago, well, then maybe you need to take a look at, at, at uh, what's going on. But, but yeah, like I, I don't look back and say, oh man, I wish I hadn't have gotten married or I wish I didn't have my kids because at the time I didn't know any better. That's what I thought I had to do. Um, but uh, I'm not really 100% sure where I was going with that. <laughs> no, no, actually, like no, I'll bring that because that's 100% right. Is that for me, and, and don't get me wrong, I don't have any regrets about any of the decisions mm -hmm. that I made up to the, like, I did, I did what I thought was doing was right too. And I had wonderful experiences and everything like that in, in those years. That was, and it was, it feels almost like a lifetime ago for me because I've literally, am a, I feel like I'm a completely different person. And even people that mm -hmm. know me over the years are saying, you are like, even my own parents are just like, this, this, this was, this is my actual son. This is the real right. person. Yep. And, you know, she, even my mother said to me, it's like, you know, you, it kind of always felt like you weren't really there. You weren't mm -hmm. present. Right. And now yeah. everything, now every, now I could have, you know, genuine conversations with everybody and, yes. you know, well, that's it, important. It was, it, right. Mm -hmm. Right. Cause you probably, you probably, you would have a similar thing when you were married, you were thinking about other things and like, you couldn't share those thoughts or anything like that with. No, with anybody. With anybody. With anybody. Right? Right? We had these like, I mean, absolute fears of, you know, yeah. I, I found personally, like, I avoided other gay people because I felt that they would, did you, like, did, did you experience that too? Because, like, oh, I... totally. I mean, right? and, and, and I, I became, in a way, a homophobe because I was scared that, well, I was, I was just scared of them even though I was probably a little bit attracted to them, but knowing that I was attracted and, and, and so adding religion into that whole thing, it's like, like, holy crap, you can't, you, you have to hate these people because this, these people are what you're not allowed to be. But at the same time, it was like, but that's what I want. You know, like it was a, this massive, um, I mean, there's no other way to say it, but I'm not going to say the word, but like a mind screw. <laughs> I'm not gonna no, swear. Can, I've told say, myself. You can say mine. We want that. We want a couple of gooses in here. We want a couple of gooses but, in here. But it was right. It wasn't mine. There, goose that one. Um, there you go. But, but I'm I, I, I am so much better of a human. Just kind of like what you're saying. Like, like people have, have noticed how how genuine I am. How different I am. How much more free and open I am at sharing information. Like I'm just I'm I'm who I'm supposed to be. And that feels awesome. So yeah, and it was amazing when the when the two of us first like had like our own like little video chat because it's just like just wanted to talk to you about stuff. Yeah. And it was just realizing that it was so nice for me to 
have someone else actually feel the same things that I felt going through those mm-hmm. same things, which for me, it just made it made makes that easier because, you know, we're always dealing with this stuff at the end mm-hmm. of the day. And what and some what some straight people don't realize, too, is that we come out every day. Yes. Yes, we do. We're, yes, we're coming we out every day. Anytime I meet a new person or it's, and it's something that comes up in conversation of, you know, well, do you have a wife or girlfriend? It's like, no, I have a boyfriend. Yeah. And like when you're, yeah, just talking about conversations like, oh yeah, my boyfriend and I went out for dinner at this one time or something like you, I still you have a hard time before you say it, don't you? Yeah, you totally do. You right. totally do. Cause you're worried maybe, and, and maybe this is part of the people pleaser in me that is just always going to exist, but I just, I don't want to offend people. Right. And so by, by saying it, I am, you know, I'm opening that up for people to be like, oh, oh, you're gay. Like, but it's never happened, but I always think it's going to happen. And so I, I, yeah. I guard myself, but you're right. We're coming out every day. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's just how it is. So, you know, it was good. I'm glad that we actually want, like, I, I wanted to talk about this topic and you were the right person for us to, mm-hmm. to bring it up because for me, it's kind of, it, it is part of, it is part of our identity. We shouldn't be ashamed of it. Nope. Like at the same, at the same time, like I said, I run a fitness podcast. It's not something that comes up in conversation all the time, but you mm-hmm. and I being kindred spirits that we are, I thought that was great that we could, uh, you know, bring that up. And I think mm-hmm. that, I think we're going to be even uh, talking more about that on Douglas's podcast, which I'm looking, really looking forward. I'm yes. doing some really interesting work with him as well, which I can't announce yet, but when we do, it's going to be really cool. So we're, I'm doing a awesome. project with them because part of it for me is also, I feel it's not, it's not a guilt thing. I think for me, it's that I want to give back to the art community and I want to, I want to be a part of it and I want to help out as much as I can in it. And I think that that's, for me, that's, that's maybe my penance for stuff that I feel that I did in my past to make me feel better. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. And if I help and, somebody and, else out, that's great. Right. Well, and that's, and that's the thing, like, and, and from, from my, my side of things or my point of view, I guess, being a public figure as, as the anthem singer for the Oilers, um, and coming out and sharing my story and being vulnerable, um, it's, it's, it's crazy the amount of, uh, people and guys, especially, and not just, not just ones that are gay, but ones that struggle sharing their feelings or talking about their emotions that have reached out and have just said what you've, what you've done and your your vulnerability and your authenticity has really helped me kind of come to terms with who I am or come to terms with my emotions or helped me even come out. Like I've had a couple conversations with guys that are like, you know, I'm going to do it like this. This yeah. is, this has sort of pushed me over the edge and I don't do it because of that, but man, does it feel good when that happens? Because it's like right? this, this is what, this is, the, uh, you know, I love seeing people's lives change. That's why I'm in the job I'm in. That's why I wanted to be a personal trainer. Like, it's yeah. honestly even why I wanted to be an opera singer. I love music, right? And opera for me was kind of like the ultimate classical art form where I could convey all that emotion and tell a story. And so I loved the reactions people got from an opera because it was like, yeah, you got it, right? I like yeah. being able to share that with people. So, so this whole idea of, you know, being authentic has really, and again, it wasn't my goal for it to pay off, but like it's helped other people. And I'm like, sweet. If I've helped one person in my life, I think I've done pretty much you know, all I need to do, but there's, that doesn't mean it's enough. doesn't mean I'm done, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. 
I don't know. It just that, feels that good to do good things, things to help people out. Like for me, you know, as I've always been very passionate about people development, and I realized I was in a sales job for for a lot of years, which was a very self serving job. It wasn't. I didn't feel, but because it was so self serving, it just didn't feel good to me. I didn't feel good when I came mm -hmm. home at night. I just was. I just it didn't feel good. It just felt like. There's, there's nothing, I'm not really bringing anything out to the world that really contributing something that I find to be positive and something that I'm actually dialed into, you know? And I think that that, right. that, uh, that also went with my whole, this whole flow of change. Cause if, I think if, if anything, this podcast has taught me when and talking about so many great people, about all their stories and stuff, it's a lot of time it's, it's not, it, one small change triggers all this other change in your life. Yep. Is that people Absolutely. don't realize I work with some clients that they never been into a gym before in their lives. They start working out, but they're still eating like crap. Next thing you know, without even my prompting, they'll come up to me and say, you know, I'm starting to eat chicken breast and rice now. Yeah. I realize how much work I'm putting at this and I'm paying money for it and everything. And I need to, yeah. I need to make that next step. And I said, absolutely. How can I help? Mm -hmm. Right. And, exactly. and, and, but to hear that, but you know, a person has to make that choice too. Right? Yeah. You had to, well, you had to, you got to a certain point in in with your weight loss journey or coming out all those stuff there only comes to a point every human can only take it to a certain point and then you have to it's like it overflows right yeah you have to absolutely right so well and like if i can like sort of tie all of this in because you're right this is a fitness podcast but you you're also right like you and i were meant to do this on this podcast because we have such yeah. similar stories but to tie it back into fitness if i hadn't have done what i did or if i hadn't started going to the gym and started taking control of my health physically um it's it's i remember i remember thinking like i don't know a year into my journey i like i wasn't I was prepared to kind of see changes and be kind of happy with how I was looking. What I was not prepared for was the mental change, was right. what happened up here. Like cool stuff happened from here down that I was really excited about, but up here was what changed the most. And I think because I started my fitness journey, that's why I was able to eventually come out. That's why I was able to learn how to be authentic and learn what vulnerability is and, yes. and, and kind of be who I am today. So like fitness literally changed my life. Right. Yeah. And, and I'm a, I'm a fitness geek. <laughs> yes. Right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> See, it's, I did it. it's, 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 it's funny is that, um, and again, it doesn't have to be that someone ends up, they work out and they get good like, and then they need to become gay. Like if you're not that person, you're not that person. No, 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 no. For me, like it was the same thing. I felt far more confident when I was starting to be actually happy to look at my body. I was like, maybe I'm ready to do this now. Maybe I'm, I feel, and it, it, it was a thing for me for sure. And then you get into mm -hmm. your head about all these different things and rejection and, oh, you know, then you deal with the whole other, like we'll save for the other podcast for the other. <laughs> but, right. But to tie it into it, it is, it is, it is about the fitness is that I don't think I would have had the courage to take that step. If no. I didn't do, I do. Would you agree that that's something that you, you thought of as, as well? Oh, totally. Totally. If I hadn't have started with fitness, I, I don't I know if I would have. No, no, no. And, and that's, you know, that's, uh, we can talk about the whole aesthetic side of, of losing weight and whatever. Like that's, I don't know if that's part of it. It just comes down to 
happiness. So if you're happy, it's why we put a mask on ourselves before we put it on other people when the airplane crashes. <laughs> right. Right. We have to take care of ourselves in order to take care of other people. Exactly. And so I didn't realize that at the time that that's what I was doing. I was, I thought I was, you know, and for a while I thought I was a little bit self-serving and, and, and maybe a little like, you know, selfish, but no, you've got to be happy and you've got to take care of yourself mentally and physically before you can help other people because it's well, and you, that's just you, the way it is. I found that after doing that and like helping myself, becoming healthier and then coming out, being the true self, I was able to help other people more. I was able to, because I was present. Mm-hmm. As a present as a real person. So the majority, like my relationships with women overall became a thousand times better because mm-hmm. for the years, for the years before I was just generally mad all the time. Yep. So I was like, why am I not feeling the same attract? Why am I not feeling this way? Yeah. Why am I not feeling the way I'm supposed to feel? It's your fault. I'm projecting this yeah. stuff. And, and like, that's, that's a real emotion and people don't like, unless you've gone through that, you don't understand that's just, and then to have that removed and it's just like, I love like women now. I have so much, so much tons of respect for them and I embrace them and everything because now I understand my role in this and how this all, all, all goes. Like I just, it was just no. an observation. It's just something that I know. It's something I wanted to share with you anyways. And now no. I'm sharing with the audience. <laughs> I love it. No, it's, it's, it's it, all these self-realizations. I love how they happen. I love how it comes to to be and uh i'm i'm just excited to to keep learning and keep growing like and i've got the mind and the open-mindedness to be able to do it like that was another reason why i stopped being a personal trainer because i i i end up getting imposter syndrome quite easily when i'm in a new situation and i felt it strongly and i think a lot of that had to do with the fact that i still wasn't my authentic self because Mm. stepping into this job at alberta health services it was like nothing else i'd ever done and I was full on expecting myself to just be like, oh my God, I'm done. I can't do this job. I don't belong here. And I have not felt that at all. And it's a job that's very, very different. I mean, I used to be an opera singer and now I am an advisor for talent development. Like <laughs> you can't be really more opposite with the two, right? But yeah. I haven't felt that, that imposter syndrome. And this is like the first job I've been in since coming out really that has made me or that has, I've just felt, yeah, I can do this. I belong. And so I'm like... What else can I do? I want to do other stuff. Like, yeah. I'm just ready to yeah. take on the world. Well, now the world's your oyster, right? Your world's yeah, oyster. exactly. It's just like, exactly. I, I can do all these things now. And yeah. it's something about maybe what gets in our heads when when I think is like, when we talk about imposter syndrome, I think I was an imposter my, most of my life. Yeah. Yeah. I so I, I see how that could be easy for people to fall into, but I literally was an imposter for mm-hmm. 36 years on this planet. Yeah. And to, to can't, I can't, you know, drill it home enough that when you make a wholesale change like that, regardless of what it is, you do these things and all of a sudden you can, you can start like actually liking yourself and being happy with yourself and loving yeah. yourself. Then yeah. you can actually love somebody else. You can't do that if you don't love yourself. It's true. Right? It's totally true. Super I'm deep. We went, right, we went right into it right after it. Which oh, is I love it. Robert. I love, I love, I love it. that part. So just jump um, into the vulnerability pool. World uh, you know, well, maybe not because it's COVID, but you know what I mean. Yeah. You know. <laughs> freaking, freaking COVID, right? Yeah. <laughs> so it's one of the things kind of, kind of to bring this, wrap this, 
this fitness podcast up because you and I can go on. We can talk forever. We've done it before. Mm -hmm. It's no problem. We already decided we're besties for life anyway. So <laughs> Heck yeah. We, we've already decided this, right? <laughs> um, what's, what advice do you have for others that are going through what you did? So in regards to the weight loss journey, like what are, what are some things, what are some, some, what are some things that you did that were helpful, the diet, exercise, any of those, but, but if like some particulars that you found to, to mm -hmm. be successful for you so that some of our listeners who are thinking about this or maybe looking at doing a change like that, what are some things that could help them get started? Um, I mean, my first thing is going to be just to not give up because we are in a society where something doesn't work the first time and we're like, well, I, obviously I fail. I can't do it. It's so not true. Right. It's it, if it, the, the phrase, if at first you don't succeed, try, try again, I think is, is super, super relevant. You can't, you can't just give up. So don't give up. Um, I can only really speak to what worked for me. Um, and, and that's what you're asking essentially. But for me, it was, um, find your way to hold yourself accountable, right? So for me, that was sharing stuff on social media. That was me. I mean, it was an external way to get that accountability, but it worked for me because I, I could, it was kind of like a, a, a virtual diary of me kind of sharing right. my stuff because I don't really write much down. It's, it's never really been my thing. And so sharing all of that um, was, was super helpful. And, you know, finding people that are of the same like-mindedness, right? So I started following uh, fitness or local fitness pros in, in Edmonton and, and just talking to people and, and really getting kind of a sense of what the vibe was in terms of how they be, you know, how they stay fit, how they live a, a fit lifestyle. Um, and yeah, just, and, and don't be hard on yourself. Like we're all humans, we're all gonna fail uh, the only way we learn is through failure and through uh, mistakes. Um, there's no such thing as perfection. So I really do think, you know, if it came down to a couple of things, um, find out a way to, to hold yourself accountable. If you don't like posting stuff, don't do that. But, but you know, get a journal, write stuff down, uh, document things, um, you know, use pictures, write, you know, have something that gives you kind of a visual. Um, and then, yeah, surround yourself with like-minded people. It's, it's, it's ultimately find out how to be happy. So I don't, I don't think you have to be super muscular or super in shape to be happy, but find out how to be happy, right? What is your happy? And if you're not happy right now, why? Analyze it, ask questions, dig deep, and really figure out what your happy is. And I think fitness is, is a big way to do that because being healthier is makes is, you happier. Is, it filters, yeah, it filters into everything, right? Yeah. Being, exactly. Yeah. You got it. Um, but it's, it's, it's just for me, that's, that's kind of what it is, right? Find a way to, to make that happy happen. Robert, this was an amazing chat. Uh, it was <laughs> my agree. absolute favorite. I'm glad that we could do this together and have this conversation. And I hope in the future, I call hope for a couple things in the future. I hope that I'm gonna have you back on sometime and mm -hmm. we can chat again. Um, I'm really hoping that I'm gonna see you on the ice and singing the anthem, hopefully maybe even this year. 
if we're mm-hmm. going to be lucky. Because I'd like to see you back there and I'd like to see us get back to some of those normal things because I think that also helps with a lot of people with their mental health and everything as yes. well. So um, take care of my friend and thank you so much again for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. My pleasure, really. Honestly, thanks for having me. You want to get a hold of us here on the podcast? You can reach us at Instagram at the Fitness Geek Collective or the Facebook page at the Fitness Geek.